Good evening, 5 p.m. service. How are we doing tonight? Come on. Come on, Labor Day weekend. Hey, thank you so much for coming out. You know what I love about Labor Day weekend is we get another day added to the weekend. But what's also funny about Labor Day weekend is it's a day we get off from labor, yet we tend to find more things to do and labor ourselves even more. And so I hope you enjoy tonight. I hope that you get to enjoy tomorrow and just enjoy what the day brings. But before we get into tonight, I just want to thank and honor our lead pastor, Pastor Rob, and our campus pastor, Pastor Anthony. I thank you so much for believing and valuing our team. It leads into the, into the church, and you guys just open up the floor to, to speak into our lives and to honor us. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Come on, can we honor them? It's incredible. I just wanted to share a little bit about myself. I grew up in Shakopee, Minnesota, and I was kind of in and out of church my whole entire life. I had a youth pastor who was so great and would always, he was just so nice, and he'd reach out to me no matter what area of life I was at. And I believe that led into the the age when I turned 21 is where I really made the Lord, made God, Jesus, Lord of my life. And in that unique moment, there was actually a 17-year-old that spoke into that. And I was so encouraged by it where this 17-year-old was just excited about what Jesus was doing in his life. And his life was changed that he then went on to college as the event that he started where he would tell people about Jesus started growing. And I got to see that fruit as I was pursuing a job in the corporate world. And what's so cool about that story is years later, that 17-year-old student our paths ended up locking together, and for those that are wondering who it is, it was Pastor Drake Michelson, who was our youth pastor here at this church. And I got to intern under him, and with now, as of right now, we actually got to send him, his wife Maddie and Nora, off to the missions field. And so we just sent them out two weeks ago, and it was incredible. And so now, right now, I'm stepping into the associate youth director role. As Pastor Kelly is on maternity leave, coming back next month, she'll step in as a youth pastor role. And so I bring that story up not to just talk about myself. I bring that story up because I always want to let you guys know that God knows exactly where you've came from. He knows every single detail about your life and he knows exactly where you guys are going and he's going to use you guys in incredible ways and I don't want you coming into this place thinking that oh I don't know. No you came into a place where Jesus loves you and he wants to use you okay and so we're going to just be encouraged by that into into the story where we're going to talk about the good Samaritan. So you guys can turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. We're going to start the parables in verses 30 to 37, but we're going to start. I want to lay a little context before that, starting in verse 25. It's about an expert in the law, which many believe to be a lawyer. And what this expert in the law was trying to do is he's trying to corner Jesus kind of into a spot where he asked him a pretty great question. And we're going to see that here in Luke 10, verse 25. It says, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor yourself as yourself. This lawyer comes back, or he said to him, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Now do this and you will live. And I love how Jesus told him, hey, great, you got it. But then he challenges them, now, now, now go and do this and you shall live. And I don't think the lawyer caught that. And you'll see why, because this lawyer kind of came in with the mindset, like, I'm going to try to trick Jesus, which was a bad idea. Bad idea. 
And this is how, this is what he says here in, in Luke 10, verse 29. It says, but he, designed to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And he said it just like that. Hands on his hips, just like that. I was there. Just kidding. No, but honestly, hey, it was incredible how Jesus responded because how Jesus responded was, it was through parables in this story here. And for those that don't know what a parable is, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. And the audience that, that, that were waiting for Jesus, the audience that were kind of there to like see if Jesus was going they knew, no, Jesus always responds with a story. And they were probably hoping, like, oh, maybe he's going to get this one wrong. But once again, they were wrong. And so this is where this, the parable starts. Right here in Luke chapter 10, verse 30, it says, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, also passed on the other side. And we got this wonderful picture back here, and I love it. We're going we're gonna to kind of unpack this picture a little bit. You see, if we, if we look over here, we got Jerusalem up top, that city. And like we were saying, he was going down from Jerusalem all the way down to Jericho. It was an 18-mile stretch. And what's, what you can see here is the terrain. It's pretty isolated. It's pretty narrow. And as they're coming down, it's, it, it, it's, it's a really good place where robbers would hide because it, it would leave people traveling down this road open to get robbed. It gave these robbers really good hiding spots and also a good chance to kind of escape. And what's interesting about the specific spot where the person was, you can see a little guy down here, it was very narrow. You could see that if there was a man laying down, it actually would have been impossible to walk on the other side without walking over him. You see to the left, there was a body of rock. They would have had to like free solo to get around him. Or if he went to the right, there's a good chance they're probably going to fall off to their death. And so this is where we stood, the, the Levite and the priest standing at this person. Let's talk about the priest. The priest came down and saw this Jewish man laying there on the ground, and he, he looked, and you see the priest was the perfect like the, the representative to be the one to bring aid to this man, the one that they looked to, the one that had directness to God. And instead, the priest kind of looked. He's like, I can't go left. I'm not a climber. If I go right, I'm going to fall. I'm going to lift. I'm just going to kind of step over. Levite comes in. Levite was from the tribe of Levi. It's actually where the priests came out of. And so the Levites were, were, were pretty good. They were second among the priests. They, they were that other great representation of, of maybe bringing aid to this man. They kind of did the same thing. Looked, I want to go this way. I want to, okay, let's just go right over. That's the one thing they kind of held in common was... They kind of made a theory up in their mind of what this object was, and they were like, yeah, you know, let's just, let's move on. And I'm sure at this point as you're reading the story, you're kind of sitting there like, who would do that? Who would see someone in need, broken, beaten up, hurting, wounds half dead? Who would just walk over someone like that? And I want to challenge us in that. Is this something that we could have done? 
Is this something that we might do? Like, let's take a look at the, the work circles we're in. Let's take a look at the neighborhood circles we're in. Let's take a look at our church circles we're in. Let's, let's take a look at our friend circle. And let me ask you this. How similar do they look to you? What are some things that you share in common with these people? What does it look like when you're in your circles, in your groups, and you're seeing other people on the other side that look different than you, that might not be in the same thing? Maybe they're a Packer fan, Pastor Joey. Ah, you know what, no. And I, I'm not sitting up here, like, looking, preaching down to you guys. I'm sitting here, like, jumping in the same boat, preaching this to my own heart. Where do we get to where we justify in our heart? Maybe like our status or reputation or our title to where we just go, ah, that person's different, I'm out. It's the very thing that the priest and the Levite found themselves in. But this is where the story gets incredible. We're going to continue into Luke chapter 10, verse 33. And someone else comes into this story. It says here, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So you got to understand, the Samaritan was the unlikeliest person to be found on this trail to find someone, a Jewish man, beaten up. And here's why. He was the oppressed one. For 900 years in standing, they had oppression between the, the, the Samaritan and the Jewish people. You see, they just didn't get along. They didn't, they didn't see it eye. I don't want to go there, but I think we can, we can kind of understand where this could go in our modern day today. Let's just think about that. See, that's, that's where, this, that, that's where the, the Samaritan left the scene open for us. But here's what's so unique about what the Samaritan did. See, he saw them just like how the Levite saw them and the priest saw them. But something different happened. He had compassion in his heart. And we're going to see that as we continue in Luke 10. Verse 34, he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil. Then he sent him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. But the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay and I will come back. Incredible. He not only just saw this man who was in need, broken, didn't even know who this person could have been but it drew him to compassion and then it led him to serving him. He saw him, he had compassion towards him and he served him. And I want to hit on how he served him because it's pretty cool. I'm going to start off with number one. He served him emotionally. You see, he had compassion for this man. When he saw them, he knew that there was something that unlocked in his heart that opened up like, I got to go help this man in need who's broken and beaten and half dead. I got to go help him. Emotionally, he was, he was moved. Secondly, physically, he served this man. He got to the, where he was at and saw that he was in need and just started bounding him up. He, he grabbed his very own oil, his own wine, and he just started healing his wounds. And you can only imagine to think that at this time, the Samaritan could start realizing, whoa, this is a Jew. This is actually someone I... But come on, this story sets up the fact that that didn't bother him for a second. Come on, it didn't bother him for a second. He didn't stop. He didn't stop. And we're going to see how he didn't stop. Because not only that, but then he took his donkey and cleared his donkey off and put this wounded man on this donkey. Like, 
I don't even understand how riding a donkey is comfortable anyway. And now you got to sit here and put a wounded man on there and travel them back down this scary, sketchy road where they're, now they're open up even more. I got a donkey, a wounded man, and myself. He looks beyond that and says, no, no, no. I'm going to walk you to a place. I'm going to give you shelter. So he continues to serve this man emotionally, physically, and now we see sacrificially. It's amazing. He, pl- he gets a place for him to stay. It says he goes to an inn and tells the innkeeper something incredible. Hey, I'm going to give you, I want you to keep this man up. Make sure he's okay. I've done what I could have done to help him. Now I want him just to stay in a nice place. And I'm going to give you two denarii. And denarii is a funny word, and I had to look it up and what that actually meant. <laughs> well, what denarii meant is it's actually one denarii is equal to one day's of work, one day of labor. So he gave him two, so that's two days of work. But he didn't just stop there. He said, no, no, no. Here's this for now. But no, if there's anything else he needs, I'm coming back. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to just set him up and make sure he's okay and then I'm out. And come on, how easy can that be? I'm like convicted in it. People aren't objects or projects. People aren't objects or projects. Come on. He's like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for this man. I got to go finish what I was on my way to do which he didn't sit here and go, oh, you know, I was on my way to. No, no, he goes, whatever I'm doing, I'm dropping it to help this guy. And then I'm going to go finish it, even though it was probably inconvenience for him. But see, people are an inconvenience. So he goes back, finishes what he needs to do, and then he comes back to this man. It's incredible. What a challenge. As we continue into this parable, it's ending as, as he's asking the lawyer this. In, in Luke 10, verse 36, Jesus asked, Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? You see, neighbor is your neighbor, our neighbor. It's not just the one that looks like you. It's actually the one that also looks not like you. It's not only the one that lives right next to you. It's the one that lives far from you. The neighbor is actually the one who is actually not you. Okay? It's actually not you. It's the, take you out of the equation, boom, that's your neighbor. And I love what, I love what he does here. You see, Jesus flips that self-justifying question and, yo, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes, no, 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 how are you loving your neighbor? How are you loving your neighbor? You know, we dismiss people, their experience, things that they're actually going through. But you know they need a neighbor who loves them. They need someone who will see them for who they are, their need. It's the kind of love that Jesus shows. Love does not consider the worth of its object. Love simply responds to the human need. I'm going to say that again. Love does not consider the, the, the object. Love simply responds to the human need. Who are you in the story? You could be either one of those neighbors. You could respond like the Good Samaritan. But let me remind you, you're actually the one that was laying on the path, broken, hurting, and in need. Jesus goes, I'm 
I'm, I got this. I got you. Whatever you're hurting with, whatever you're walking in here with, whatever you're carrying, whatever you talk yourself into who you are, or you believe in the lies that you're hearing all the time. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You are mine. I love you. I'm for you. I believe in you. I'm going to use you. I've chosen you. I went to the cross for you. It doesn't end there. He's the one that brings the need. He's the one that responds to that human need. And with that, it gives us an opportunity for the very challenge that Jesus leaves us with here in this parable. It's an amazing challenge. So I'm going to challenge you here with this incredible words, not by my own, thank the Lord, by, by, by Jesus. Here's what he says here in Luke 10. 37, this is the challenge. He said, the one who showed him mercy. So the lawyer is responding to the question that Jesus asked, which of the three do you think is the one that you showed mercy to? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. There's the challenge. Hey, if we're, this is Jesus' words. If Jesus is telling them to do so, we know that we're standing on the truth that the Bible says it is. And if we're sitting here as believers in Christ, we're being challenged here that we should go and do likewise. We want to be the one that that understands the need for Jesus. To be the one that can walk into his presence and say, God, you can just use me the way I am. And then he takes it a step further. Hey, not only am I going to accept you for who you are and use you, but then I'm going to say, son, daughter, just go and do likewise. Jesus, I thank you, God, that the word speaks truth into our lives, God. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we would have a, a mindset a heart like the Good Samaritan that you showed here in this story that we'd be loving our neighbors so radically, God. I pray that if there's anything that's holding us back from that or anything in the way, Lord, that we could just lay it down at your feet. Lord, that we would be able to just love radically. God, I just pray right now in this place, Lord, would you just use us whatever it is hearts, God, that you're unlocking, Lord. I just pray the Holy Spirit right now, Lord, would you just unlock that in this place, God. We thank you. We need you. We love you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen and amen.